0: super talk mississippi media production
1: what's the key to a quick and fun travel escape enjoy public art outside or outsider art inside and refresh your sense of history with awe-inspiring
2: parks and museums vicksburg is the key to the south
3: Super Talk Mississippi and sixpackspeak.com proudly present this is your godfather this is your general this is our show this is our show welcome in here on Super Talk Mississippi supertalk.fm wherever it is you get podcasts from it's I Brian Haydad for our annual Mississippi State LSU week Tradition. I'm here with the cousins. We will do the introductions of three of them shortly. I will do the introduction of one of them now, the Godfather here with us from sixpackspeak.com, Stephen Augustinelli. Godfather.
0: It's, it's good, good to be back.
3: To, uh, yes, it's always good to have you back. I always look forward to this week. Appreciate you uh and the family jumping on with me. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be weird, Stephen. If Brupolo was in Prentice.
0: That is weird.
3: Yeah. Brutus. It doesn't really work. We'll just, we'll just throw that one. That's not, that's, not, that's not a potential location for them. Wherever you are, if you're in Portland, Oregon, Missouri City, Texas, or Madison, Mississippi, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, all you got to do is go to StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com and you can get it delivered right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your counter, they got you covered at Strange Brew coffee House. Humble Taco, um, I'm one off. I'm sorry. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. They have merchandise for Mississippi State, but they also have some merchandise for those LSU Tigers. So, Steven, if you want to get your two brothers there, a a nice gift, I think they have their sizes there for sure. I don't know if it could could hold, you know, it could hold Chris's body. I don't know about his ego. We'll see about that, but. (laughs) Marty's, Marty's muted. He's, tried, he's holding it together up there. Whatever you're looking for, though, Maroon and White, they've got you taken care of at College Corner, two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're original by Fleet Pete. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Humble Taco is Starville's newest and best Mexican restaurant and Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. Your favorite Southern classics turned into Mexican favorites. Tacos like you can't get anywhere else, not even in Texas. Can you get these kind of tacos? They're great. Today's Wing Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry. This is for Thursday. It's not Wing Wednesday. False alarm. False alarm. We're doing this. This show is Thursday. I don't think they have a special on Thursday. Just go up there, order a margarita, and just eat a taco. It'll be all right. They're all special. They're all good. It's all great at Humble Taco. Firehouse Subs is the place to hit up today for lunch. Download the free Firehouse Subs app. Place your order online. It's ready within minutes. And you can pile up the reward points when you pick up your sandwich. And don't forget, this football season, Hit up Firehouse Subs for a great party trade to bring to the tailgate or to bring to the watch party. Whatever you want to do there, Firehouse Subs has got you covered. Locations in Starville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Flowood and Madison, that's Firehouse Subs. Let's bring them in. We'll go not necessarily by beauty, but by age. We'll start with, the, with the, uh, the, the, the den father here, the man who has been along this earth longer than any of the rest of us and has done so much. And by that, I mean nothing. Marty Agostinelli joining us live from Portland, Oregon. Marty, welcome to the show.
4: Brian, you know, I want to get something out of the way here. I, okay. I realized I was a little late getting into the Zoom call, mm-hmm. so I want to go ahead and put $10 into the late pool. <laughs> and, and I'll be on time next year if this is a live show.
3: You can tell so, that, that that he was very contrite about that. To get money out of Marty Agostinelli is a no small feat. Down there in Madison, Mississippi, the most fiscally responsible of all of this group, and a man who has been known to do many great things, but none of those involve his hair. John Augustinelli. <laughs> John, what's up, man?
2: The best thing I ever did with my hair was cut it off. There you go. You look, <laughs> That's you, you, it. You got the bald look down, though. You make it work. Well, just kind of aged into it, I
3: think. <laughs> and, of course, the most despised man in sports media. A man who needs no introduction, and I shouldn't give him one, but I'll do it anyway because he is my cousin and I love him. The Italian stallion, Chris Augustinelli. Here it comes. Wait. No, it's it's not working. Thank God. <laughs> Dang it, it was take my breath away. Oh, no, we didn't need that anyway. <laughs> we weren't describing your squidesha.
0: Yeah, does no. this zoom call have
3: smelled?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no.
5: right.
2: Just scratches snow. That's right. If hey, you've hey, never Ron, listened.
5: Real quickly. Yes, yes. Before we begin, I- I'm going to speak for all the brothers. And this is kind of on a serious note. We want to congratulate you for your, your new show. Oh, uh, thank you. We're, pr- we're proud of you. And what many people don't realize about you, you were destined for this because back in high school, I can't name many guys that would sit through a full day listening to Rush Limbaugh Dr. Laura Schlesinger, and Jim. <laughs> so you I don't, you were made for I don't even know who right that right second buddy. person was, but we'll just go with it. Thank you very That's much. That's about as good as we get for compliments around here. Yeah, you're
3: no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That like, that, that was like that would have that was like getting, you know, a presidential address right there from from this family. I appreciate Ryan,
4: that. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, your your reward was to have to do this podcast every year. <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. So if you've never listened to this week. This, this show that we've, we're we doing, we do it every year for Mississippi State LSU. Steven, John, and myself, we all attended Mississippi State. Chris and Marty went to LSU. We are a family divided. Also, the Agustinelli sister, who we have said we're going to bring on at some point, but we've never done it. And Kathy also went to LSU. So we are really right down the middle, three to three. We preview all the games in the SEC but we keep a special eye towards the Mississippi State LSU game. I'm excited this year because I feel like we're going to get a reasonable prediction from Marty who normally just goes with 41 to nothing. And, <laughs> and I swear to you for the first I don't know four or five years of doing this, he was right <laughs> on the money. <clears throat> More it was actually
4: 42-3. Was to 40. 40.
3: He, yeah. he gave us he gave us some credit. I think we might get some points out of Marty Agustinelli this year. We'll find out. Uh, As we go, but let's just start with LSU and we'll start with you, Marty. What the hell happened that first week? Because that was one of the most surprising results of the, of the early college football season. Me, I thought LSU would have no trouble with Florida state and instead they
4: lost. I felt like we had thrown a hundred million dollars down a hole (laughs) when I saw that That was terrible. I mean, I, you know, I mean, they played horribly, but you know, heck if they could just kick an extra point, or kick kick a short field goal, they would have still won. I think it's probably a combination of just, you know, some of its new system, new players, and they just and I did, they just didn't do well. I mean, they just didn't perform well. So, um, but I, you know, they they started to corrected things last week, and of course, Southern's not much of a right. much competition. But still, when you watched them, I mean, things were much crisper, cleaner. There weren't a lot of drops. You know, everything. You know, it seemed like everybody was organized. New, you know, they knew what to do. Obviously. The uh, extra point and field goal protection was much better. They replaced people. Uh, they, re- they reshuffled their offensive line. Uh, so I'm I hoping that everything's now settled now, that they've got a game underneath their belt, and they'll be ready for this week.
3: Chris, we all know you're the more emotional of the two, It went between you and Marty, for sure. What, were your, what was your reaction to week one? Were you ready to just go ahead and fire Brian Kelly, or did you have a little bit of patience?
5: Well, we pooped the bed. I mean, there's no de- Doubt about that. I mean, Marty hit it right on the head. We had way too many mistakes that I think are correctable. And I mean, we, I didn't feel like we wasted hundred million dollars. That's what Texas A&M fans feel right now. <laughs> they feel like they wasted a hundred million dollars. I still have hope for Brian Kelly. I still think he's a he's a great hire. But you know, he, he doesn't win himself any favors either. I mean, he's he's handled himself with the media terribly. You know, whether it's a halftime interview throwing his players under the bus or you know trying to joke around and you know he's getting a taste of what lsu fans and media can be when things go down south and so if he if he doesn't lose his cool or or lose the people down there he'll be fine so um that's a big challenge that's what most coaches have you know as a challenge when they come to lsu but i think i mean he's 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 got the pedigree and he's got the talent around him to do well it may not be this year but I don't think it'll be, you know, eight and fours and seven and fives like they have in College Station every year with Jimbo. So uh, <laughs> I love this. Yes. So so I'm taking my jabs at the Aggies right now. I know, but as um, you
3: should be sleeping yeah, on the couch later, though.
5: Yeah. Had we lost to Appalachian State, I'd be like, okay, I don't know about this. But Florida State still got a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I don't know if they're a six and six or seven five eight and four type team. It's just we didn't play well. Yeah. We didn't play well. We had buck punts, block kicks, um, lazy receivers, drop passes. I mean, you name it, everything we did. We had a, lost our best defensive player, which will yeah. help for y'all for this game. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, you can't you can't judge us against Southern, Marty. That was like – you kind of said it. It was like playing against air. I, I think we gained more yards against Southern than we do in our pregame, you know, running our plays. Yeah. Because, I mean, you can't, you can't judge anything from that game.
3: Marty, you up there in pac twelve country, you've seen more of Jaden Daniels than any other person in, in this call. You know, what, when you when you found out he was coming to LSU, what was your initial reaction to that?
4: Um, yeah, I watched a few of the Arizona games, and I thought he was, he was he was he was he was a good quarterback. I mean, he his freshman year he's actually he actually had a really good season, mm-hmm. and I think his sophomore year he sort of fell back a little bit, but he lost one of his uh, good receivers. I think he plays for the 49ers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I can't remember his last name off the top of my head, but he but he's he's clearly when you watch the first two games at LSU, he he clearly has some talent. I mean, he certainly can run, and it gives uh, LSU a, a dimension at quarterback they haven't had in some time. Uh, and I think his passing is actually is is pretty good. He's, he doesn't throw a fantastic deep ball, but he seems to be pretty accurate. I mean, his completion percentage is around seventy five percent. And I think I was reading today his QBRs, I think he's fifth in the country right now. So Mm -hmm. he actually is a very effective quarterback. So I think he's, I think he was, he was, we're very fortunate to pick him up because if we had to go into this season with either Miles Brennan or Garrett Nussmeyer, I don't don't think the outcome would have been as good.
3: Well, speaking of quarterbacks, Mississippi State has got one of the best ones in the SEC. He's playing at a really high level. And, and John, you know, obviously with Will Rogers, you know, you, you've been around a long time. You've seen a lot of Mississippi State quarterbacks come and go. Obviously, Dak Prescott's still the top of the heap for, for Mississippi State. But in terms of passing accuracy and trust when he's back there, I feel like Will Rogers is pretty got to be pretty high up your list.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, the numbers speak for themselves. Uh, I mean, people criticize sometimes the short passing game that we have, but that's the system. And, all, and they always say, you know, take what the defense gives you. The defense is giving you the short passes or the, as you want to call it, the extended runs, then that's great. We'll take those. And, you know, if he can do that for, you know, 5,000 yards or, you know, as you've been saying on your podcast, you know, we'll, we'll be happy and we'll take it. I mean, it's, it's forward progress and so forth. But there are two things I want to address, though, Brian. Um, I think Marty mentioned something, or Chris mentioned something about, um, you know, yards against a, a weak team from Baton Rouge as not being a real indicator. We understood that about three years ago when we lift them up. <laughs> and then the other thing is that Morty <laughs> was very here. down, very down on the LSU uh, kicker for the PAT. And from what I've seen this year, PATs are hard to come by. You can miss not only one, but the first two of the game. Yeah. And, and John is a former you know, kicker yourself. You know
3: what, you know, the, the struggle.
2: No, I don't. Not no. really. <laughs> I was on. That's right. So. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and of course,
3: we all, Steven Agustinelli. we all know you, automatic from 45 in. That's correct. That's correct. So two games in, I, th- I think that, you know, we we thought State was going to win both of these two games. I think we, 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 they, we thought they were going to win the way they've won in these two games. You know, how would you judge this season so far? Have you been impressed by what you've seen or has it been, hey, this is what I expected to see?
0: I think the biggest thing I've been impressed with is the, if emergence is the word, but Dylan Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think he has stepped up, and he's obviously given state a uh, resemblance of a, of a running threat more so than what Jacavius Marks has, has been previously. Mm-hmm. So you can tell Dylan Johnson runs runs a lot harder to me than Marks does, and he has stepped up tremendously. Whereas I think uh, last game we were over 100 yards rushing mm-hmm. from our from our running back. So to me, Dylan Johnson has been—you kind of expected him, you know, to be what he was last year, but to me, he has stepped up where he has become the more featured back. And then defensively, I just think we're just solid, you know, and people were complaining on six pack a little bit about Ornette, but outside of the first drive, we didn't give up any points outside of turnovers. You know, so you give up seven points in a game. That's really all the points are what that, are what matters. So defensively we we, we've been what I expected. I think we're missing comedy a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, and then offensively, I just been really impressed with Dylan Johnson. Steve, Obviously, if,
3: you're okay yeah. with Dylan Johnson being a Greenville St. Joe guy. Uh, he, <laughs>
0: yeah, as long as he, as long as he's a Mississippi
5: State Bulldog, right, now, right? I'm good with.
3: He, him. he definitely is that. So, hey, hey,
5: Steve, the, Don, you, Don Peter appreciates that that review of those games because I know for a fact he didn't stay up long enough to watch.
0: <laughs> I, I stayed up. I stayed up for the last touchdown. And then I don't, I don't remember the final snap. So I made it. to Both about Memphis two minutes that <laughs> last forever. Yes, yeah, right. I I
4: stayed up to the bitter end.
3: But yeah, but it, it's like <laughs> six o'clock out there. <laughs> no,
5: it was,
4: <laughs> it was still midnight. It was actually it it was eating supper.
3: He <laughs> <laughs> <It> just <laughs> just started cooking.
0: Him and Dad <laughs> at midnight.
3: <laughs> I bet Marty's air conditioner is lower. I'll, I'll bet that. I'll, I'll I'll make I'll put money on that one. That is true. So when we look at you know this this I, I made a joke at the beginning, but. Under you know, Jackie Sherrill and Sylvester Crew, I mean Marty's prediction, you were usually closer than, than Mississippi State fans would like you to be. Since state won down there in 14, this has turned into a competitive series. Yeah, you know, I think states three and four in the last uh, seven against LSU. Um, and, and the, you know, the, most of the losses, which used to be 30, 40, 50 points. Have turned into single digits for the most part. The only blowout loss in there is the 19 loss, where you know, I'm not gonna take any solace in that. It was the LSU blew out everybody they played in, in that season. You know, just is it more about what's happened at state for you, Marty, or is it more about what's happened at LSU that this series has become more competitive?
4: Um, that's a tough one. I I I I you know, I always look at LSU first. Mm-hmm. And I can see there, I mean, there a couple of things that's happened at LSU. One is, I mean, sort of at the end of the Les Miles era, you know, Les Miles just became so ultra conservative. Every game was close, right? So mm-hmm. everybody had a chance against LSU.
3: Not Mississippi State.
4: Now, well, I mean, you know, I think the last couple of years, didn't Mississippi State play close? Yeah, the last, yeah, the last yeah, yeah. two years, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, after, after the national championship game, they lost in 2012. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he he it's like he, he changed his whole offensive mindset. He got scared of of, you know, Doing crazy things anymore. So he got served. And then when Ed Orgeron got there, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, I think he sort of continued the sort of same thing for a while. I mean, they, also their talent wasn't their talent. Even though LSU had top recruiting classes, a lot of the talent didn't really pan out. You know, so I think the talent gap actually narrowed a little bit. And so I mean, in fact, I was I was reading something the other day that of I think it was the last two or three recruiting classes since the 2019 season. It's only like five or six of them that are starters i think mm-hmm. and so everybody else is either you know uh you know a transfer or somebody who uh was not you know maybe maybe they were in the recruiting class but they were like a three-star or something they weren't really good so again the talent level at lsu that's actually made it to the field has not been as good as it was say early early on certainly during the early part the Les miles era and nick saban era and those those type of those type of uh seasons that they
5: had
3: chris what what happens for lsu in this season if they lose this game saturday
5: uh, well, it didn't look good. I mean, this is a huge game for us, and and you know, I've watched State play these first couple of games, and I, I'm a little concerned. I mean, from what I've seen with L- LSU, hasn't shown me they can block, you know, real well. That that's uh an area cool. that uh, that we got to watch out for, and you know, it'll be a fun game to watch. But uh, I mean, to answer your question that you gave Marty, it's an easy answer to me. LSU has really dropped off. Hmm. I mean, that, that that's LSU's uh, record um as i mean if you look at msu's record excuse me over the past five or six years it's not like they're going to the sugar bowl right you know that they, they've been that seven five eight and four team and uh i don't see uh i'm off completely lost my train of thought because we got we got the, shenanigans for the, for the happening. At home, now i'm gonna put the video on, John. on video and i've got three brothers showing us their bellies, so it's yeah just not, and
3: they are like they the are not attractive
5: so. But in, anyway, the point I was making was it's not like State's records are, are, are putting them in in uh, January first bowls. Right. So uh, I mean, LSU's talent has really dropped off and made it a little more competitive.
3: And then the same question, but we'll turn it around because uh, of, if State loses, it's, they lose to LSU. It's it's just it's just not that you know out of the ordinary. John, what does this season do for Mississippi State if when they if they win this game on uh, on Saturday?
2: Well, you know, it's a springboard like every year. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those days that uh, that is terrible. Excuse me. Shenanigans continue on uh, listening audience. Uh, but, um, you know, Mississippi State has always at the beginning when this game is in the beginning that of the like season.
3: Bigfoot's ass, man. Good Lord. The, <laughs> no, don't do
2: that, that. that was a nice. That, that was an insult to Bigfoot. Uh, but Mississippi State. You know this. This can springboard Mississippi State's season into something like I think I heard some podcast say a a whiff a a, a, a scent of 2014. It's just a,
3: it's a tiny little. Oh no, the, he just oh no. the camera went off. What's he gonna? What we're we gonna see when he comes?
2: I don't even want to know. I don't even want oh. to know. But that's what I really do. I always believe this LSU game is like a litmus test for Mississippi State. No matter how good LSU is, or if they're just a. Kind of an average team, mm-hmm. which I kind of feel they are this year. They, uh, they, it's a, it's a, it's a good litmus test for Mississippi State. If we go down there and win, it could mean big things for Mississippi State this year. If not, then we got you know find other other W's.
3: Yeah, State since twenty fourteen Stephen State is uh, when they've had a nine win or better season. They're two and one against LSU. Only in fifteen did they lose to LSU, and of course that was the year where you, you recall they missed a field goal at the end. Had a chance to win that game. You know, for you, when you look at this game, do you, I won't ask for a prediction yet, but do you have confidence in this team heading down to Baton Rouge?
0: Yeah. I mean, even Vegas has confidence. How many, I think somebody asked this on Six Pack when was the last time Mississippi State was favored versus LSU? I thought and about that.
3: I, th- I think the answer would be 2000.
0: Could have, been, yeah well It's been 22 years since State's been favored versus LSU.
3: That might and be have at home, confidence. too. I mean, that might just be in the series.
0: And I have confidence. I mean, it, coming to State's first two performances compared to LSU's, you, mm-hmm. it's, it's obvious that you should have some confidence as a State fan. But this is, like to me, like the Auburn game was. Auburn was always early in our SEC schedule in the Mullen era. And if we won that Auburn game, it set up State for maybe a little bit more successful season than normal because you stole that game. Yeah. When Auburn when Auburn was a little bit higher of a program. So this is this is it. I mean, if state can win this, then we're setting up for that ADM game October 1st, where we're going possibly going in hopefully 4-0 versus AM and start one. I mean that that's gonna be I think this will be the best that game would be the best crowd since maybe 2018, Florida.
3: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. All right, one more thing before we get in start predicting these games. And we haven't done this before. I was but I thought it would be fun. I want everybody to give their favorite memory from a Mississippi State LSU game. So we'll start with Marty. Is there one that stands out, one moment, one memory from anything in this series that stands out above the rest for you?
4: That's a tough one. I think the the one I remember the most is the last time I actually saw the game live. Mm-hmm. And this was in 2007. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Stephen was with me. I think John Pierre were you with me too? Oh, God, was, the six interception there? game. I think it, we were all yeah, there, cool. right? Brian, you were there too, right? Yeah. And uh, they Was that the like-
2: one we were sitting in the nosebleeds? No. Yeah. no. Were you sitting in the nosebleeds yeah. for that one? We well, no, I mean, no, were we,
4: sitting we, high up. I don't remember.
0: Okay. We were in section one, which was like right closest to the M club, I remember. Yeah.
2: was it
4: like 45 it, to nothing? Yes. It was. Yeah. Six picks. It was It was fantastic. <laughs> And in, fact, I, in fact, Brian, I, I still haven't made a, uh, uh, a pork loin as good as I had that day at the tailgate. That nice. That was, that was you know, a good day. It was, that's why I remember that, too.
3: That was a good day. Uh, John,
2: you got one? Well, Marty, uh, I do have one, but this Marty just made me remember something from that day because I was in And we set up on the east side of the upper deck, and it was a morning game. And I believe it was about 150 degrees. And I had drank about two big Bloody Marys at the tailgate, and I sweated it completely out by the time I got up, up to the upper deck. So that, <laughs> that, was, that, was that
0: was a different game. That was, that was, that was a different uh, game?
2: I think yeah, the I a game
0: with the night one. Yeah.
3: I, think well, was that's one memory. I think you're thinking of Mullins' first year when we lost on the Golden. Possibly. Yeah.
2: Possibly, possibly. But I my mean, memory, you, you know, my memory is really, Brian, you – and Stephen and I at Stephen's house, yeah. I think for the 2014 yeah. game, and we were going bananas. Yes, going the
3: bananas. Sam and- was what, maybe a month old? How old was he? Was he,
0: he was six months old at that time? Yeah,
3: I mean, it was
2: undefeated, undefeated. First year.
3: That was that was a fun one. We got the the Nelsons on the conference call with us when we called these two after <laughs> the game. That was a fun one. <laughs> Chris, is there one
5: that stands out for you? You know. The problem is, is all the LSU wins that I have in Mississippi State were blowouts, so they weren't really that fun.
3: Yeah.
5: Uh, so, so the best games for me, uh, we went to Starville and saw the game y'all won, 17-16, mm-hmm.
2: uh, where Josh oh,
5: rolled in. Yeah. But that was a fun weekend. And actually, I myself really far back as a kid when I was a Mississippi State fan, actually. Traitor. And thinking about when Mississippi <laughs> State beat LSU with Dalton Hilliard, Mm-hmm. and Eric Martin, and I got John Bond's autograph on a back of a popcorn box. Oh, wow. And I also remember the oranges being thrown on the field. And,
0: <laughs> and uh, um, let's clarify something. I doubt our dad bought us the popcorn. I'm sure it was someone else's. You just no, got, that,
5: a that <laughs> that, that got a box on the ground. We got popcorn at home, Steven. We, right. we don't need to buy that. We were was, scrambling was this Air Pop? 10. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, that, that was a fun memory, but – I mean, a lot of the LSU games I went to in Mississippi State were like the 45 nothing Sylvester Crew beating. Um, you know, thank God I wasn't there for the Dak Prescott game. That would have been miserable. But, um, you know, I, ha- I haven't been back for a game in the past four or five years, so I'm looking forward to going this year and hooking up with everybody. But, um, yeah, um, yeah th- those are the two memories that kind of come to mind. Yeah. Because the close games are the most fun, right?
3: Absolutely. Uh, Stephen. what's yeah. yours?
5: Uh, there's two that I
0: got. One was uh... – was it seventeen when we just annihilated them with Fitzgerald? That was a fun one, just from the fact we just killed yeah, LSU. We're never in doubt. And the, then the other one I remember, I was we sat, we were sitting in the upper upper deck at, at Death Valley, and there was an LSU fan. I don't, I feel like I don't have to preface this at, with this average adjective, but it was a drunk LSU fan. <laughs> and there was a state fan, like in the row in front of us. LSU fan was two rows in front of us. He started shaking his pom pom in the state fan's face. And so the state fan grabs the pom-pom, breaks it in half. LSU fan grabs the broken piece that still has the strings on it, starts shaking it again in his face. State fan grabs it again, breaks it in half. LSU fan grabs the little piece that's left with the strings all over it, starts shaking it in his face. State fan grabs it again, just starts ripping it apart. All the strings going everywhere. Then the LSU fan just grabs one string. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this my face. gosh.
5: Do y'all remember that story? I do. I do remember okay, that. that, that I is I something. One more story to share. Go ahead. It, it's more of a post-game memory after LSU killed State, but Brian came down with some of our uh, St. Al buddies, and they had to walk back to their car. Oh. I think they had extreme chafing going it was, on. It was bad. They had to walk like three to four miles back
3: to I don't like, know if Marty knows this story. Thighs
5: were burning. We that walked. We walked from
3: Tiger Stadium to the Holiday Inn on I-10 and Constitution. That's a long way. You you think it's a long <laughs> way? And then you walk that with all these LSU fans honking at us. I was. I, we lost it. My favorite part, and I'll try to keep it as safe for work as I can here, is we're we're trying to go across uh, Daremple, and you yeah. know they turn that one way after the game by the lake. And so cars are – and we're like, we're never going to be able to cross the street. So Russ Nelson's like, I've got to go to the restroom. So he walks over to this tree and is going to handle his business. And at that exact moment, the traffic breaks. And we're all like, run! And he's running across the street, holding himself. He goes (laughs) across (laughs) the street.
0: But not yeah. the first time that has happened. No, know, it was, it was so everywhere. funny. We, we
3: stopped to eat at this pizza place. We walk in and they're like, y'all look like crap. What's wrong? We're like, we've walked here from Tiger Stadium. They're like, what? And we made it. We made it, thankfully. My number one, I'm, I'm a little sentimental. Guys, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, Mississippi State, when I was growing up, was really bad at football in the 80s. And uh, so my dad and I, we, when we would go to the games in Jackson, I never saw Mississippi State win until 1990. State beat LSU in Jackson 34-22. They were up 31-3 to in that game. Chris was at that game. He came in. I don't. I don't know. Were you there with your dad? I think I went with you. I just. Remember, I, thought, I, I, thought I don't I remember. I remember meeting up with you at the game.
5: I don't know. I'm sure we ate at El Chico or something. No, we, we <laughs> ate at Mazios after the game. Mazios. All you could eat, obviously. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and uh, I remember my dad at one point was 31-3. to He was just looking at me like, I'm going to have a heart attack like, I, I, I did not expect to beat them like this. And I, that was the week after LSU had been in the fight with Florida State. So all the state fans are doing the tomahawk chop at it. was just really funny. the the height of the Mike Archer era. I know Marty was a big fan of Mike Archer.
0: There was one other memory that I had was uh-huh. uh, when Eddie Kennison when he returned Eddie that punt. For like a, yeah, that's what happened. And they missed the block Eddie in the back. Eddie
3: Kennison. Yeah,
0: the PA announcer's just talking oh, yeah. while he's running down the sideline. Eddie. Can't but about while the t- while it goes to timeout or whatever, from yeah. the kickoff, you see a fifth of Jack Daniels and it lands. I'm talking about one foot from the ref. That was, a, it came from the state section. Oh, and it was, they I was the like, whistle.
4: he, he, pulled,
0: he yeah. pulled it out. <laughs> like of the that's end, what it was. They blew the whistle. I couldn't remember what, yeah. it, what it
4: was. I just remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah Brian, it, Brian I, I have a funny Mississippi state memory. It's not even so, an LSU game It's when I was probably 13 or 14. When you yeah, were still could, a Mississippi State fan. When I was still right, a Mississippi right. State fan. you know, I, I, right. it, Two of you. We we went up to Starkville. I think John Peter was – John, was. you were with me for sure for this. And, and Dad, we went to go see uh, L, uh, Mississippi State play Georgia. And this was when Georgia had Herschel Walker. So it was like 82. 82, yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was on campus. And Mississippi, Mississippi State's team was pretty good. And uh you know, my, my dad, you know, he was not one to spring for fifty yard line seats. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sat in the end zone bleacher seats, you know, pretty pretty low too. And so I'm sitting there watching watching, you know, Georgia's own offense and they're coming sort of at us, you know. And uh and they you know, they pitch it to Herschel Walker. And it's like maybe like the first first play of the game, I can't remember what it was. And they, they pitch it to Herschel Walker and Mississippi State strung it out. I thought I thought they had stopped him and they were they were up in, you know, they were screaming and everything. I was screaming too. And then I heard the oh, the loudspeaker, a second and two. And, and, and that happened like all day long. It would look like Mississippi State would string Herschel Walker out. he gained like eight or eight, nine, eight yards. I think that day he rushed for like 250 yards on like 20 Yeah, kilometers.
2: that sounds about right. That's crazy. There you go. Yep. Marty's about to change residency to Georgia now. So he can <laughs> vote in November. So you can vote for
4: him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I you know, I, I I'm I'm not gonna uh, uh, be, I I I have confidence Herschel Walker will pull it out in the end because no. uh, you know I saw him that day and he can turn he can turn he can turn a play where it looks like he's completely stopped into a touchdown. <laughs> so this, and this is about like what this election is going to look like. So right. we'll see. <laughs>
3: All right, let's move to the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. A lot of beef in this uh, particular call. I think a lot of a lot of steak eaters in this one. Marty Gasnelli, big fan of the Mississippi pot roast. Even though he's in Oregon, he brings the taste of the South to his cookouts. When he, when he's uh, when he's having people over, he's having he's enjoying some beef. Uh, Chris, of course, lives in Texas. That is beef country. I know he's always up for grilling a steak. John and Stephen, no no different as well. Whenever you're cooking out this weekend, throw some beef on the grill. No, but nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Hit up your local butcher. Hit up your meat market. Tell them you want to grab some beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District will be a great place to watch the game this weekend. Head over to Two Brothers, grab some smoked wings, grab a couple of tacos or maybe a sandwich and enjoy yourself. Plenty of big screen televisions there. You can watch Mississippi State and LSU, plus all the other great college football action around the sec this weekend it's in the heart of the cotton district it's the home of smoked southern soul food it's two brothers smoked meats advantage business systems wants to remind you that they want to treat you like a neighbor and not a number and that's how they how do they do that well they offer customer service that you can't just get anywhere else they treat you like the mississippians that you are you're not talking about somebody with a call center That's, you know, God knows where that is. You know, talking about somebody with an out-of-state contractor having to come and fix your equipment. You're dealing with somebody in the state of Mississippi who can deal with your problems on many occasions on the exact same day. Find out what Advantage Business Systems can do for you. The number is 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business to business. Mississippi State fans, if you're tired of the three-stripe life, my friends at the Rogue have got you taken care of. They have got a whole line of collegiate wear and those are some of the best MSU polos and quarter zips I have seen. And the Banner M, it's not a problem at the Rogue. They've got the M over S. They've got the Marching Bully. They've got State Script. They've got it all. These are the, uh, the kind of logos Mississippi State fans have been begging for on message boards and on social media. They are available at the Rogue High quality products. It's going to last you a long time, and it looks fantastic. Shop the Collegiate Collection at the Rogue. TheRogue.com. Follow them on Instagram at theRogueJxn. No more three stripe life. Thanks to the Rogue. All right, let's jump into our picks here, and then we will transition to, to Chris's best friend. We will transition into the people segment. I miss him. I know you do. He misses you. I ask him. I ask him I about know. you every year, and it's always the same. God, I hate that guy. Peter Burns will join us uh, in yes, the segment just just a few minutes from now. Uh, where are we here? Let's go. To, let's go to these picks. There's some
5: dogs. Hey, Brian, yes. Real yes, by all means. Listening to you do advertisements, mm-hmm. I was getting a little concerned about the streak of nothing but restaurants that you were advertising. I, well, but you rest- know. But a non-food advertisement. You know,
3: the, the 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 they want you to market stuff, and they're like, you want to make sure that you're you look like somebody who would use our product.
5: And That's so, true. Yeah, so you're you're quite the representative for this,
3: exactly. So you know, and uh, but on the same but the same token, the rogue, you know, it's it's a it's a trouble to get a, a custom suit and a sixty four extra fat. So we'll see if they can make that happen for <laughs> them.
5: As long as they got vertical stripes, you're okay. <laughs> vertical stripes are the key. We need
3: those. We need those. Right. <laughs> Let's look at these games. We'll just sort of zoom through the ones that we, we don't really care about. Uh, I think we'll all take uh, Kentucky to beat Youngstown State. We'll all take uh, Missouri to beat Abilene Christian, although you never know. Be questionable. Questionable. It's questionable. questionable. Uh, Alabama, I don't think we'll have a repeat of 2007. I will think they'll beat UL Monroe. Uh, Arkansas over Missouri State, sure. Uh, Tennessee over Akron and our old friend Joe Moorhead. That's going to be a rough day at the office for Joe. Uh, and then Florida over South Florida. South Florida's a little better this year, but they're probably not going to beat the Gators. So let's look into the games.
5: So what we- if you would have taken that approach last weekend with Marshall, Appalachian State?
3: No, you're not wrong. No, I mean- no, no. Last week on this podcast, we only do the SEC games, but my podcast partner, Robbie, and I, we, we did discuss – the App State game, and I said it's going to be close. I think that I know they'll cover, but I, I didn't. I didn't have the the courage to pull the, the trigger on a win for App State. I should have.
5: With, without saying anything, I want to pick. I mean, the most likely win of those crazy games you just yeah. mentioned. Why, why? couldn't Missouri lose to Abilene Christian? Oh, they could. They oh, could I, for sure. I agree.
3: Yeah,
2: for hundred percent.
5: I don't think yeah. they will, but they could. I hate that. Since
2: another St. Al alumni's son. Is on that team. At Missouri, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Who's that? Jack Abraham is uh is there. He's 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 finished. his oh, college that. career there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh Georgia at South Carolina. I think we're all gonna pick Georgia. We'll start with you, Marty. But you do admit that it through the years, South Carolina has found a way to to play spoiler to Georgia in, in at least one or two seasons.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's at South Carolina. So that's yeah. usually where they, they, that they, right. they pull their magic, you know. But gosh, I mean, I think it's like a 24 and a half spread right it's now. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. I just, there's just, I don't see there's any way.
3: No, nah, me either. Uh, John?
2: Despite how great Spencer Rattler is, <laughs> I'm going to have to pick Georgia. There you go. Crescent advanced.
5: Well, I mean, you shouldn't go by spreads after watching Alabama and Texas this weekend. So yeah, wrong. Be careful about that. But in this case, South Carolina doesn't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. This Georgia team looks like the real deal. I and mean, I don't see it this year. Yeah. Steve based on the first two
0: weeks. Easily Georgia. I mean there's just no concern as far as a straight up win who's gonna win.
3: I agree with you. Two thirty kickoff in Atlanta, Georgia. Ole Miss travels to play Georgia Tech. I think we all I can I think I speak for the group when I, we say we wish this game was gonna be better. We wish this was a game we felt better about. We would all love to see a different result than what we're about to predict. But John, John, who of course you know, we all know, is an Ole Miss sympathizer.
4: Oh yeah, <laughs> he he's a super fan.
3: i don't a super far. fan. He just yeah. I don't know. He, he just wore navy blue that one time to a game. The one time. One, one time, and that's all. Oh
2: whoa whoa whoa. Not to a game. I didn't go to the game. Okay, okay. Didn't go to the game. You were in the groove, though. I was in the groove, and I was drinking alcohol. Well, I mean, I've done that. That's all I can say. All
3: right, John, what do you got for this one, though? Shirley, are you taking the Rebels? Okay.
2: No. Oh, here he goes. Why would you? Hold on. Whoa. Georgia Tech coached by former Mississippi State defense coordinator. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeff Collins. Swag, the juice. Exactly. Exactly. He's going to work that magic. Look at Georgia Tech versus – Clemson, you know, at, what at halftime it was a it was respectable, 10 point, yeah, ten point game, something like that. And at the end of the third quarter, it was a fourteen point game. Or no, it wasn't a ten point game. It was been a seven point game. Then a fourteen point game at the end of the third quarter, I believe. I think it was 2014. Hey, they hung with Clemson and then got got ran out of the building. I think Clemson scored twenty or seventeen in the fourth quarter. I'm picking Georgia Tech to win this game. By a touchdown, not even eke it out.
3: All right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going not be in disbelief, Chris. I'm not going to be in it's disbelief. Real. I just want to be in, I want to be in belief. I want to believe what you're saying. Chris, that's, you're going to go with John or? Well, you gonna,
5: gonna I, I think it. that's John Peter just trying to clean up his image, <laughs> <laughs> having <a laughs> send two of his kids there. Mm. Probably got a couple more to go. But, oh, um, my. But no, no, here's, here's what I'll say. John's right about Georgia Tech a little bit. I mean, they, they hung with Clemson, but Clemson's offense has not been anything stellar the past couple of years. That, uh, that DJ, uh, whatever his last name is, at Clemson, that quarterback, is not very good. Uh, I, I see Georgia Tech maybe hang with Ole Miss a little bit, but I, I see Ole Miss winning by a couple of touchdowns.
0: All right. Steven? I think Ole Miss easily covers. They're going to come out and just kind of try to prove a point and, against a power five team. They'll win by 20,
4: 25. All right,
0: easily. Marty,
4: uh, I mean, Georgia Tech only scored seventeen points on Western Carolina. Mm. They're not. I mean, they, if that's all can, if that's, that's, if if that's all team. the offense they got. in. Yeah, um, they won thirty huh? Oh, sorry, I misread it. They scored thirty-five on them. They scored no, ten they on. on they, only scored <laughs> t- they only scored ten on Clemson. I'm sorry, I misread it. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think West. they have enough offense to beat Ole Miss. I think
3: I'm going to go with Ole Miss, but I don't know. The, the spread's 15 and a half. I don't know if they'll cover that. Points. I think it could be close. Could be close. Uh, where are we now? Uh, Penn State goes to Auburn, 2 30 kickoff on CBS. I think, all, as if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that hating Auburn is my brand. Nobody does it better than me. Chris, what do you say?
5: The best news I got this year was that TJ Finley was the starting quarterback at Auburn. You should know better than
3: anyone else. Thank I I've seen
5: it. He, he, I thought he was going to be an incredible, like a Jamarcus Russell kind of collegiate kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have it. And mm-hmm. watching him in the first two games, he just – they were very Sucks. fortunate to win the other night against yeah, us. Uh, I agree. They were down by San Jose State at halftime. Mm-hmm. Right?
4: Yeah, his, his QBR is around 40 or 50. He's yeah. not very good.
5: Not, not good at all. He's almost – Around just the same as my up. body
3: mass index.
5: I don't
3: know what that noise was. <laughs> that was his chair. <laughs> oh,
5: yeah. Like, I, like Aub- I like Auburn's you know, being at home, but I don't think they're going to win. Yeah. And Penn State's uh, played a little bit better coming out of the gates. They had a good game against Purdue and, mm-hmm. and pulling that one out. I think Purdue's a pretty good team. And, um, you know, but I think Penn State's one of those overrated teams myself. I think they're better than, Penn, I mean, than Auburn this year. So I'm going with Penn State by, by six.
3: Okay. Steven?
5: I think that uh, Auburn will win
0: this one. I just Ooh. Penn State has not impressed me. I know Auburn's not good either, but I just think the fact they're at home. The home team. Yeah. The home, think, team, the home team's going to come out. I think, I think this is almost, is this Harson's? He loses this one.
3: He's in trouble. He's, already He's in, in trouble. He's in trouble.
0: He's yeah, on. I just – I could see Auburn winning this one pretty – not easily, but I think Auburn wins because they're – if, they if they were at Penn State, they lose by 10.
4: Right.
3: Marty?
0: You're well,
4: shaking your head. Uh, it's it's going to be Penn State. I mean, Auburn barely beat San Jose State last week, and San Jose State barely beat Portland
3: State. Portland State, yeah.
4: Which is – you know, and that's – I mean, I saw Portland State's probably on the same level as Southern. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, gosh, I just, there's no way Auburn's going right. to beat them. John?
2: So So, we're necessarily not picking who will win, but who will suck more. Yeah. That's basically it. what it what is, or suck less. So, anyways, I, I, I have no idea because, you know, I do hours of preparation for the show. Yes. No one researches a, it a, game. A, a, Exactly. Exactly. So, I, I would say Penn State's going to win.
3: Yeah. I'm with you guys. I, I think the Nittany Lions will take this one. In. But, so is
2: Harston,
5: Go ahead. Go ahead. Does Harson take it through the season?
3: No, I think they'll, they'll probably fire him at some point during the season before they get to the Iron Bowl. At some point, it, when, as soon as they're not bowl eligible anymore.
5: He was slightly better than Scott
3: Frost. Slightly, but he got he you know, Frost better. got five years, you know. And uh, if Harson weren't an alum, maybe it would be different. Uh, next up on the schedule, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever picked the Vanderbilt game. Normally, we just just glance right over them. But they travel to Northern Illinois, the home of Michael the Burner Turner. I, I, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Huskies on this one. I, I, the spread is only a half point. It's basically a pick 'em. I'm going to go with the Huskies, Stephen. What do you say?
0: I agree with you. And Vanderbilt finally got exposed last week after their their rousing two and zero no start. Yeah, but uh, it's
3: a decent team, though.
0: I just Vandy's horrible. I mean, I what you do mad. you expect from them? They the, the over under on their win total for the season was about one and a half. Yeah, so they, they got there too. Yeah, they got their too. I think I think that's it for them. So I think Vandy. I mean, Northern Illinois will win.
4: All right, Marty. I'm actually going to go with Vanderbilt. I thought Vandy gave Wake Forest a reasonable game. I mean, I realized it didn't end up being close, but they it was it like was like eleven point spread or something in the first half. I can't remember exactly, but next it was it was. And Northern Illinois they lost. They just lost to Tulsa, and they just barely beat I think Eastern. That's Illinois,
3: Ole Miss's so. next opponent.
4: Yeah. So I, you know I don't I, I think Vanderbilt's a better team than Northern Illinois. All right,
2: John. Uh, I am going with Northern Illinois because the Whistler. Taints all sports for Vanderbilt. <laughs> it doesn't right. make a difference what it is.
3: I don't have a problem with that. It's tainted. It. And
5: then uh, Chris, Steve, what do you mean Vanderbilt finally got exposed? They've sucked for years. What are you exposing? I mean, they were two and 0 to good. start the
0: season though. So
5: well, they played a wide who might be as bad as Southern. So uh, I mean I- I'm going to go with Vanderbilt because I thought Jim was Jim's going to be mad mad at signs you. of offense which they've never had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm going with the SEC. I have nothing on Northern Illinois to say otherwise. So I'll go with the SEC in that.
3: All right. Texas A&M looks to bounce back at home against the U, Miami. Those of you who listen to this podcast know that when we previewed Texas A&M, that I took Miami to win this game back in June before I had the information that Texas A&M was as bad as they currently are. So let's loop it back around to Marty. You got the
4: Aggies or the Hurricanes? I can't believe the Aggies are favored by five and a half.
3: It's mind-boggling. That's,
4: I don't understand that. I mean, you know, I mean, they had, I think the Aggies had like 180 yards of total offense against yes. Appalachian State. That's horrendous. I mean, there's just no way. I was telling, I was telling somebody today, Jimbo Fisher, to be fair to Jimbo Fisher, I think he's a good coach. He's just paid like he's a great coach. And that, that, thats the big that's problem, there, right? That's yeah. really what it—what the issue is. But again, I think Miami actually could 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 actually run away with this game.
2: Okay, John. Oh, I'm gonna be wearing a gold turnover chain. Whatever <laughs> Miami has, I hope they drub Texas A&M. Oh gosh, and I would love to be on campus this week to hear what those yell leaders are saying now. going watch out what you say to Miami. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh,
3: Chris, <laughs> I, I wanna, for those of you who don't know, Chris married to an Aggie. What is going to be your house going to look like? This is the next four weeks for Texas A&M. They have Miami. Then they play Arkansas. Then they're at Mississippi State. And then they're at Alabama. Legitimately could be
5: one in five. Is Chris queuing up more music? What's going I, on? You no, know, I, I would be – I'm going to be laughing underneath my breath in the house. <laughs> but Monica literally texted me. and said, I'm drowning myself in the pool right when they lost that game. I was picking up fajitas <laughs> while well, you know, listening to it on the radio. I was like, I was laughing a little bit. I'm going to read a stat here. I think Chris 82. is going to be like,
3: I just got to go outside for a minute. I'll be right back. <laughs> just to get this a laugh
5: my- and then come back. 82 plays to 38 plays, Appalachian Incredible. State. Forty-one minutes to eighteen minutes, time of possession, three hundred fifteen total yards to one hundred eighty-six, just complete dominance.
3: And you my look at those of- stats, Chris.
5: This is In- classic Jimbo. When Jimbo's going to win this game,
3: Chris.
2: I agree. Uh-huh. Stats?
3: It's it's the, the 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 surprising thing isn't that App State won, it's that they only won by three. True. Yeah.
2: Texas
5: A&M has what's going to happen? You're, you're yeah. going to see you're going to see Matt Johnson come out this week. I Oh. They're going to they, they take John, Max Johnson in.
4: They're Max
5: I think Max Johnson's better than King. I do.
3: Oh, there it is. <laughs> I,
5: I also think um, a and defense is still pretty good. Yeah. So, I am going with AM by a field goal at home, To and Jimbo's going to prove the naysayers wrong, but they're not very good.
3: Oh, <coughs> man. <laughs> If this video ever saw the light of day, uh we could all be unemployed. Are we all ta- are we all taking the uh, hurricanes, uh, Stephen?
0: No, I'm taking I'm taking oh! I'm with Chris. I think AM's what? got their back AM's got their back against the wall, and yep. I think this they're at home. They they have to win this game. So they I got think... their back
3: against the wall, and here comes Johnson. They should be in great shape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> A Max Johnson at that. A Max Johnson. That's correct. So oh I, I just I think AM will come out. And win this game, right. Miami. I guess they're, we they they have the high of of Cristobal, yeah. but uh,
5: I just think a- AM has to win it. So All right, Miami struggled against win. Southern Miss. They
3: did struggle, but so, I
5: mean, they got we, the win. We, we the always game. look at one side of the equation. when We make these picks, but yeah. Miami's not like a juggernaut or anything. They're not. So. They, no, no, they just haven't lost. Yeah. Hey, really Ron, won have, won we, have we killed our chances to ever make it to your live show?
3: Yes, no, that's no also. possibility of that whatsoever. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Mississippi State at LSU for pride, for family honor, and for the, the right to make the phone call at the end of the game. Who's going to be talking to who? We'll start with we'll start with the oldest. We'll go with Marty one more time.
4: Well, first of all, there'll be no Bo Pelini man coverage ever again. So least... a shame. I, I <laughs> that's love that's gone. You can't count on that anymore. No. Um. I think, well, I think two two things I think they're probably in LSU's favor here. One is I think Jaden Daniels is going to be the difference, I think, with his scrambling. The one thing I noticed about the Arizona game uh, this past weekend was when, when plays broke down, the Arizona quarterback, he had a lot of room to run. And for some reason, he would throw the ball and he would throw in the coverage and get interceptions. It was ridiculous. And I think Jaden Daniels is, is, you know, he, he will take off running. And, he's, you know, so I think that's going to that's going to be a big part of the offense. Uh, the other thing is, she's going to get a few people back that weren't didn't play the first couple of games. So John Emery, who's uh, the five star running back that never seems to play. Mm-hmm. So he's going to he's going to play this game. The other interesting thing, which I'm, I'm waiting to see, is this guy named Seven Banks. He's a cornerback that transferred from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He was uh, I think I think he played. He just started for two years. I think he was like a, a preseason Big Ten or something when he got hurt the season. He got hurt. And uh, he couldn't go back. There were some issues with uh, he didn't, you know, he, he couldn't get his eligibility or something there, and so he transferred. So he's supposed to be but ready to, to LSU go. LSU this...
3: because of their strict academic regulations.
4: Well, I think the reason was he did, he wasn't taking classes at Ohio State, and they had filled out their uh, their roster, and they would have needed a waiver from the NCAA, and he couldn't they couldn't get it, so he he transferred. But I think you know, with with all that, I think LSU will win. I think it'll be high scoring. I'm not going to say 42 to three, but I'll say 42 31.
3: Okay, there we go. You just worked an extra digit. I I just
4: put an extra digit. All
2: right. John, which way are you going on this? Well, of course, I'm picking Mississippi State. I mean, but the reason is, is that, you know, Marty Marty's explanation, uh, you know, about the defense last week versus uh, Arizona. Maybe that's what Zach Arnett saw. They knew that the quarterback had the tendency to throw the ball. So therefore, they allowed him to run behind the line of scrimmage and throw into coverage. And therefore, you know, kind of scheme against what his tendencies are. This this week he may scheme against you know the LSU's tendencies where the quarterback may be a more of a running quarterback, a running threat, and have a, a linebacker or safety watching what you know what he's doing, obviously. So um I think Will Rogers is is playing at a very high level right now. Uh Brian, I can't remember if you said it on the podcast or earlier on this conversation, what he had a 80% completion rate at, mm-hmm. at versus Arizona. Yes. I can't remember what it was against Memphis. Um, I don't care who you're playing. You know, that, that that's – It was 78 against Memphis. 78. So that, that, that's exceptional. That's mean he's seeing the field. He's spreading the ball out. Uh, and I think you got some big, phys- uh, big physical – maybe a physical but lanky receivers like Caleb Ducking that are starting to show. Uh, and then we have some, you know – obviously dependable. Austin Williams is going to get whatever you need him to get. And then um, and then uh, Tulu and, and the rest of the crew. We, I mean, you've said it uh, almost most shows since for the last two weeks, our, our receiving core is probably the deepest Mississippi State's ever had. Um, so, again, I, I agree with Marty's score, but I think it's reverse. I think Mississippi State is going to be the one scoring 41 and LSU 28.
3: Okay. Uh, Chris, what do you got?
5: So I think it really comes down to the LSU offensive line versus the Mississippi State defensive line. I would agree with that. I, I I don't think LSU obviously didn't play well against Florida State. And even against Southern, we we struggled to run the ball a little bit. And I was watching that some, uh, despite scoring 51 points in the first half, which was just absolutely ridiculous. Um that, that concerns me a little bit. If, if we can block Mississippi State's defensive line and, and establish a little bit of run, I, I think we'll have a good game against, against you guys. We're not Memphis. We're not Arizona. Trust me, Will Rogers will not be completing 80% of his passes against LSU's defense. But Are you make me I, look? Think, I think I'll put some points up. I'm going to go – I'm going to say State's going to be winning this game in the fourth quarter. We're going to have a Malik Neighbors touchdown, he's going to redeem himself from the two-month punts against Florida State, and we're going to have Damian Ramos hit a key extra point to win (laughs) 27-26.
0: He even rolled the R. That
5: was good. Yeah, Aiden's (laughs) been teaching me a little bit of Spanish, so that's as good as I can get. Nice. My son, guys.
3: Yes, we, we, we know who he is.
5: But your listening audience
3: doesn't. For the record, uh, Rodgers was uh, – he completed 76% of his passes against LSU a season ago, just, just for the record.
5: But that was last year. Oh, okay. <laughs> for the record.
3: Yeah. Steven, what, what do you say? My prediction uh, will come on, uh, on Friday's uh, Thunder and Lightning.
5: Has, has State
0: announced Jalen Cromedy when, when he might come back? Are they said they he's have not, and,
3: and, and, and you know they will not. It would it be one week where he's just back in the starting lineup.
0: Okay. It's That's us though. It's not going to be this week. It's not this week? No. You don't think? Okay, I don't so think that. So. Never mind. That changes where I was going with, with my prediction as far as my points were concerned. But I still think State wins. I thought Jalen Crumity, he, he's our best defensive player. I think if he could have returned, I thought it made, made State's defense just that much better across the defensive line. I think it's one of our strongest points as far as depth is concerned. But we have a lot of depth anyway. So I think State's defense will – I'm in agreement with Marty that I'm a little bit concerned about Daniel's scrambling ability because Arizona's quarterback did just stay behind the line. he had, he had a lot of running room where he, he could have advanced the football by by just tuck it and run. but I think state's offense is just it's hard to stop it's methodical. it's sometimes boring as a fan to watch, but as long as you win, it's exciting. So I, I think state will come out victorious in this one for the first time. And uh, since 2014 in Tiger Stadium, I think State will win 35, maybe 34, 27, 24, something like that.
3: All right. So you won't believe it, but the two State guys picked State and two LSU guys <laughs> picked LSU. I'm looking forward to the day when one of us breaks, breaks ranks. I don't know when it's going to be. but Oh, no.
5: Last year I picked LSU to,
0: to, Did to you? win. Did
5: yes. you? Okay. State when year, believe it or not. I don't remember which year it was.
3: I I need to do. Go back my, and I Have to go back Please and find back. that one. So,
5: all right.
3: I want to thank my cousins Marty, Stephen, John, Chris. Always a fun time to do this. Always enjoy it, and always great to see you guys. Uh, we will now transition. Stephen and I will will be back together a, as the Godfather and the General as we slide into the People segment and talk to the SEC Networks. Peter Burns. Joining us now in the people segment, as he has been so kind to do over the past few years from the SEC network. You know what? I'm calling you this, Peter, Peter Burns, you are the face of the SEC network.
1: Um, I I, actually, that's good because listen, actually it probably should be Alyssa Lang. She's a lot better looking than me. And Darry's a lot more talented than me, but I'll take that boys. like, I'll uh I've been called a whole lot worse, especially from um you know LSU fans this week because I'm all in on Mississippi State. So uh, I'll take I'll take the face of the SEC network. I'm happy with that.
3: It's yours. It's yours. Everything I you know I talk about the SEC network. I talked to some some beat writers who cover LSU, some people who do national college football. They all say the same thing. They're like, yeah, we just don't Mississippi State. They should be ranked. They should be ranked. And it seems to be like this this chorus of everybody saying it. So I'll ask you the question: Why aren't they ranked?
1: Well, because people are idiots, one, and don't, you know, don't ever think that us media people actually know what the hell we're talking about.
3: Right.
0: uh,
1: That's that's definitely one. And uh, but I think the thing is also is that it's been out of sight, out of mind. You know, I mean, I I think everybody gets caught up in Mike Leach and, you know, his press conferences and, you know, interviews and stuff like that. But what they didn't get a chance to see is, you know, a a disjointed first game because of of the weather delay. And then I think a lot of people, you know, Mississippi State's dealing with a little Pac-12 after dark. situation where a lot of people didn't get a chance to see that game against Arizona and hell I'm I'm not gonna lie I did Sunday morning radio so I watched like the first quarter and I was like I'm out like I like I (laughs) I'll wake up and see how well state did and go back and watch the film and and so for me I think a lot of people or the rest of the public I think that it's just out of sight out of mind right now but again I, I think going in you know, we talked about a lot about this over at media days is like, why was there not more respect for Mississippi state? And I think there was just quote unquote, sexier headlines, Billy Napier going to Florida, Brian Kelly being hired there. You see Shane Beamer having this like real, a bunch of social media trending. And of course lane does whatever lane's going to do. And then the Jimbo and Nick Saban thing. And meanwhile, I mean, state was just building a damn solid team, plugging in some good players, and oh by the way, it's it's year three underneath, underneath this system, and yet they still not given that
0: love. But it's it's amazing to me, honestly. Peter, state starts the season two and zero. Oh, possibly people people are talking about them being ranked. Were you still surprised state was favored? Because I, I honestly was when I saw the line come out Sunday. I, I, I'm not. I mean, uh, you know,
1: because I look at and I think you can just hear from Brian Kelly and how he was talking about this matchup this week. And he talks about why it makes sense that, that they are favored going into tiger stadium is the fact that they do these things extremely well. They're a very precise machine. And you look at Mike Leach and guys, I mean, help. We know, we know the concept that he's been running, right? Like, you know, for the last 20 years, it's like, all right, we've seen the film, We know it's this air raid offense, and yet for twenty some odd years now, no one's been able to just, you know, figure it out week in and week out. It's not like a fab that goes away, and so it's because everybody knows their role really well in this offense, and I think that just poses a whole hell of a lot of issues for a team. Guys, remember LSU had thirty nine players last year in the bowl game. Like they were starting a wide receiver at quarterback. I mean, it, it was it was like a, a you know a duct tape and bailing wire to put this team together. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm supposed to think that you know you add forty some odd players on this defense and a bunch of transfers and stuff that they're just ready to play a sound football team. I I don't buy it, and I say that as an LSU fan.
3: This is a great year for quarterbacks in the SEC. A lot of top end, a lot of future first rounders. Where do you have Will Rogers in that group?
1: It's so tough with Will, and and that's unfortunate. I think that's one of the things that kind of get lost in in the jungle or or the whole idea of this offense is that he's never going to give the love, right? Like, no matter if it's five touchdowns, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's Mike Leach's offense. Well, I mean, somebody's got to be the trigger man. And, you know, the thing I think that I, I take away from Will, and this is when I talk to other people who really, really dive down into the film, they see the maturity of Will Rogers, right? From from the first time he took snaps in this offense to now understanding how to make more of the reads, understanding how to read a defense, and understanding when people are trying to confuse him, he's no longer confused and can check out and make the right decision. So, um, the problem is is that it's always going to be a quote-unquote Mike Leach offense. And I, I think now even the players after a while, whether it be Tech or whether it be over at Washington State or, or now over at Mississippi State, I think quarterbacks in this system understand that they're always going to be a little bit underappreciated despite the stats. And frankly, I think that's part of the brilliance of why Mike Leach recruits the right guys that don't really care about that. You know, I mean, because, hey, the, the, while the numbers are going to be there, the headlines traditionally aren't. And that's why games like this against a big opponent, which I think you're a better squad, are so important. I, I remember, hell, interviewing Dak Prescott, you know, right after, or, you know, right before the LSU game, and I think, want to say 2014 or 2015, where they absolutely crushed them in Tiger Stadium. Mm-hmm. And that was really a huge coming out party because they were like, oh, State beat LSU. And I'm like, well, yeah, they were the better team. And I I think a lot of the country is going to see that come Saturday night.
3: Does that air raid bias, if that's what we want to call it, does it trickle down throughout the position players? Because one of the things I was really surprised by at media days was that no MSU player receiver made all SEC when you know you know, one of these guys is going to finish the year with 80 to 100 catches.
1: Yeah, but the problem is, is that it's almost like paralysis by statistical analysis, because yeah. then you look at it and go, all right, well, then whether it was Polk or somebody, you're like, all right, well, this guy's got 80, this guy's got 75, this guy's got 60. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like, who who else are we putting up there? I mean, in a weird way, sometimes less is more. And so, you know, if you if you only have one wide receiver, you know, like Traylon Burks was one of those guys last year for Arkansas. They didn't throw the ball a ton, But because he was so top heavy in the receiving results, you're like, well, I mean, that guy makes the offense where it's actually more of a compliment to what state does. It's like, no, they've got six guys that make the offense and a credit to the quarterback who can who can say it's dealer's choice. If, you know, I'm not just dependent on one guy to throw the ball to every single time. So, yeah, but but again, it goes back to what I'm saying is that Mike Leach has to recruit a special athlete, a guy that wants to get the ball, but a guy that also is like, listen, I I know that if I don't get seven looks today, next week I'm probably going to get seventeen looks, and the ball's going to be passed around enough.
0: Peter, where do you see Jaden Daniels this week, and where can he be successful against Mississippi State's defense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think the thing for Jaden is that he's trying to figure out with a really Oh, I mean, guys, I mean, we could probably almost start on LSU's offensive line. I mean, I, I say that kind of as a joke and kind of not really, right? I mean, you got a center who had never played center. You got a true freshman left tackle. You got two guys from small colleges in the interior part of that line. And that's the reason why Jaden Daniels was named the starting quarterback because the offensive line was not great. Um, and thus Meyer was pressing a little bit more, but you know, for him, I think this week, it's a matter of, or actually any week, it's a matter of him looking to pass first and then run, right. Instead of being a run first guy who all of a sudden, all right, if it's open my first, you know, my first read, I'm going to pass it. I think he'll get better at that. But the problem is that you're going up against States defensive line, which I think is still pretty damn talented. So, you know, I don't. I don't think it gets much better. And I, you know, I think the the emotions of that win against Southern were great. You know, Keishawn Butte was in a better headspace. Malik Neighbors was. Micah Baskerville. But when it comes down to it, you you got a team that is, you know, I, I liken them to like a grizzled veteran mid major right now that is ready to kick somebody's ass in, in, in Baton Rouge. And and again, guys, I, I would be shocked shocked if LSU ended up beating Mississippi State on on Saturday night I I like that prediction but the one thing that I hate the prediction I'll tell you because I
5: absolutely
1: (laughs) hate it you know I was talking to my dad and you know we're diehard LSU fans and 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 because we just don't know what to expect with this team and I'm actually okay with that like at least state fans like y'all kind of know the direction and hey, it's year three on Mike Leach. There's a lot of veteran leadership. Like, you you know what to expect. As an LSU fan, and it's, it's weird and kind of exciting. Like, you don't know what to expect week to week on what you're going to get out of this team right now. The,
0: the one thing I think where LSU can have success is if Jaden Daniels decides to run. Because unless Mississippi State plays differently than they have the first two games, quarterback, quarterback runs if or or when when the when the pocket breaks down and and the quarterback can can get outside that's the Arizona's quarterback had a lot of running room, and for some reason, he would throw it when there when when it was open, and he, he probably could have gained five or six yards. And that's the one thing I think where Jaden Daniels can hurt Mississippi State is when the pocket does break down and he can scramble and gain some yards with his legs.
1: Well, and that and that that's his biggest strength as well, too, right? And I, and I think Legion Legion's defense they kind of know that at this point to where you know it, it's a matter of you know they want to turn this thing. In my mind, I would imagine. State wants to turn this into a little bit more of a shootout than more time of possession. And the only reason why I say that is because I'm not sold on Jaden Daniels ball security enough if all of a sudden LSU needs to try to throw this thing 30, 40 times. Like, I don't I don't think you want to get in a track meet right now with an air raid offense. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's. That's going to be interesting with John Emery coming back this week. And, you know, he missed an entire year. He hasn't played football in almost two years, but he's a very talented running back. I am kind of curious to see how much they utilize him this week. If for no other reason to make teams respect the run a little bit, because they sure as hell didn't respect it against Florida State. And that's why Jay Nienos had so much of an issue for those first three quarters.
3: All right, Peter, I promise this next series of questions. It will make sense in the end. Just just go with us. <laughs> but but are you a wine
2: drinker? Uh,
3: uh
1: yeah i mean a little bit i mean mm-hmm. pour out some for the guy who invented franzia two buck chuck i saw he passed away yesterday <laughs> he but did, uh, he did. yeah i'll uh i'll drink something only if my wife tells me it's good because I'm, okay. I'm normally like a crown Water so, guy, But you
3: you know how if, if your wife's a wine drinker you know you know that you swirl it around in the glass and you smell it and then you oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and you get all these different flavors and some of them are stronger than others what we've been saying here on the podcast and on the radio the past couple of days here is in the just in the back of the palette, there's a hint of 2014 on this team for Mississippi State. Just just mm. the faintest note. Now just, I'm not saying team, <laughs> I'm not saying this team's going to number one by any stretch of the imagination, but it feels like you know they've played these first two non-conference games, and that's kind of similar to 2014. They were yeah. you know going down to to, to Baton Rouge. It feels like a win here is going to lift Mississippi State to possibly a nine or ten win season. Do, do you get that impression as well?
1: Yeah. Let me let me waft up this. Uh, this little <laughs> thing I'm, I'm, doing, the start I'm doing the hand. Vintage start. I'm doing the hand motion while you're saying. Yeah, it. Yeah. A very uh, Ben six twelve. Um, yeah, just um, yeah. I, I hear like a little. I, I feel some oak. I smell some oak and the aroma of yeah. um, and and hazelnut. No, like I, I mean. Listen. It what it takes. What it takes is. I, 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 and, and as much as we talk about this offense, guys, a 2014 was, like was slept on on how good that defense was. Is yeah. too. I mean, it, it was Preston Smith on that team. Yes. If I'm not. Yeah. I mean, like.
3: Yeah. McKinney, had, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they had dudes, and and I think they've got levels of special players. I, I don't know how many NFL guys are on that defense right now, but. I mean, I go back and remember that that offense was was out of control, and 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 again, they had was Darunya Wilson on that t- squad. He was. Well? I, I thought I got I thought I, I smelled a little Darunya there in my in my decanter of uh, of 2014 wine, but um, you know, again, I I don't know if I'm going to go that far, but I mean, think about what could happen the next two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, you're you've got this game. And then is state? I mean, is the state plays A and M. it's, it's Bowling, Bowling
3: Green next week, and then Bowling it's AM Arkansas at home. Back
1: right. Time. So it's so I knew AM was pretty quick on on the on on the docket, and you you should ideally be catching an A and team that might be fresh off a loss of, to Miami mm-hmm. um, and Arkansas because remember mm-hmm. they got to play those two games. So um, I mean, it, it's it would be special, man. Uh, you know, and like I said, I, I just wish. Will Rogers would get a little bit more love, but I also don't think Leach is the kind of guy that is going to go out there and, you know, in in politics for his guy. I think he's just like, hey, you know, <clears throat> you know, as he <laughs> throat, <clears> throat, you know, he he's just this is football and we, we we throw it where they they aren't, and that's the kind of the art of war that he runs out there, and he's he's fun, man. I mean, again. Um, I I want to throw a question to you guys in the podcast, okay? Okay. So I I brought this up a couple days ago. Give me the top three coaches that if you saw tomorrow a moving van across the street where you live and and a current SEC coach was moving in, who would be your top two or three coaches that you would want to live next door to you, and who's the one you absolutely would not want to live
0: next to? All right. You want me to start, Brian?
1: Go
3: ahead, Steven, yeah.
0: Next door, Sam Pittman. Okay. I would, that I, was, love, I, yeah. I would love down home, just seems like a good guy. Um, like number one on my list. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Leach, because I would be I would just be interested to see what he does as my neighbor. Okay. You know, it's three four in o'clock in the morning, man. It's I don't four know. o'clock in the morning and I can just go knock on his door, so let's talk let's talk about some stuff. True. And, okay. And then let me let me run through in my, in my head the SEC coaches real quick. Um Saban, see,
1: I don't think Saban would be fun. So Saban's I, I think, not a
0: good neighbor. Yeah, Kirby, no. yeah,
1: I mean Kirby's a little bit too intense. Yeah, um, Brian Harson's kind of, you know, I mean you're, you're a little bit out there. I don't know if I'll get like conspiracy theories from Brian Harson or anything like that in the <laughs>
0: middle of the night. Um, if I Kiffin think, wasn't the Ole Miss coach, I would say Kiffin, but just the you, fact he coaches Ole Miss, I couldn't do it. But Kiffin would be a great neighbor. Here's
1: a low key thing about Kiffen is kiffin's one of those guys you see i like i don't talk a bunch of my neighbors not because they're not nice guys it's just like when you do radio and television and you're just you're sick and tired of like or like talking (laughs) at the end of the day like i want to just wave to my neighbors and say hello to them and so like that's why i think i could be neighbors with kiffin because i feel like we would text each other and i feel like we had a wave and be like hey what's up what's up like we wouldn't have to have this conversation i would be deathly afraid of, of living next to mike leach because I feel like any time I would go take out the trash, Leach would be like, uh, <clears throat> uh, hey, uh, you know You might be trash. out there for
3: an hour. Yeah, yeah, it might
1: be an hour. And, like, sometimes I want to have, like, a three-minute conversation where it's in and out, boom, boom, boom. I, I feel like there's a lot of awkward conversations with Leach if you're his neighbor to where you don't really know when to exit. Like, you don't – this could it's- be a two-minute
0: <laughs> deal. It could be a 22-minute deal. I got, I got another one, Shane Beamer, because – he would cut your grass for you, be, like if you uh, like. Hey, yeah, you I I could.
1: forgot. I forgot. To I love week. the Man, stove on.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll cut, cut it for I'll you. I got it. it. Don't right. you yeah. worry about it, buddy.
1: Such, he, Eli Drinkowicz is the same guy as well.
3: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Jim Jimbo's the one I wouldn't want to live next door to. I nice. just feel like that would go badly. I just I just don't I don't think it would work. Uh, Plus, i enjoy he's got a
1: lot of he's got a lot more to worry about right
3: yeah now. he does he does I mean, if i see jimbo moving to starkville i'm a, the, the property value of my house just went up because that guy's worth 100 million dollars life uh, would be good for me
1: no no matter what how bad it gets too. think about that buyout wise like yeah, it's 100 million uh, it's a 100 guaranteed contract so yeah. that, what a weird strange world of I mean, these are a huge two weeks for, for Jimbo Fisher down, in, down at College Station. I mean, absolutely. he's going to be there, absolutely, but it just, it, it just makes it a lot less awkward if you can at least, least be, beat be Miami. There. Yeah, exactly. All
3: right, well, I guess that's just about it for this, uh, this. Wait a minute.
1: Finally. Finally, we get through one of these. Don't you do it. Don't I just do have it.
3: to wonder, though, if you had any thoughts whatsoever.
1: Don't do it.
3: About our cousin, Chris
1: to hell with that absolute um you know i almost curse this is every year that you have me on the podcast i almost curse when you bring up chris and i was thinking that we had made it so far in fact i put the kids to bed and then now there you go i've got uh to hell with chris man i mean like seriously he's got nothing better else to do i I, honestly i didn't i thought he was still on probation we we uh, need to send you
3: a picture of him because I mean, I'm just saying that if Ted Cruz ever goes missing, we could just yeah. put him as a body double like that movie Dave.
0: <laughs> okay.
3: Could just, he could just be right in it. Politics the same and everything. He'd be so, just fine.
1: So, Chris goes to Cancun when it gets really cold. I got it. No, I understand. I totally understand the whole thing. Brian, Brian, how many texts are you going to get tomorrow when uh, Chris hears? Quite a few. I'm, I'm
3: I will the ignore camera. them all. Chris all. Cruz. I'm going to leave him on red.
1: There we go. <laughs> Unbelievable.
3: Right. Peter Burns, the SEC, the face of the SEC network. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for joining L- later,
1: us. Later, boys. Enjoy the game.
3: All right. As always, I want to thank my family, Stephen Agustinelli, Marty, Chris, John, for joining me. Also, a special thanks to Peter Burns for joining us in the People segment. Always so generous with his time. I absolutely appreciate it. Uh, Robbie and I will be back tomorrow for the three P's for Mississippi State and LSU, so tune in for that. Also, we've got another great interview uh, live right now with former Bulldog Ben Beckwith talking about that 2014 LSU game and his thoughts on this team as well. For my family, for Peter Burns, thanks for joining us here on This Is Our Show on Super Talk Mississippi.